Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. Okay, so we all agree, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are on or anything else, we all agree that the press secretary is a blithering idiot and the way she handled the death of three military personnel was so disgusting to me that she should be fired on the spot and I've never said that before I don't like Corinne Jean-Pierre but this was despicable you're talking about three human beings two of whom were women one of whom was I believe a mother of a young child and you refer to them as the folks? These are heroes. These are the, the finest human beings, like on planet Earth. And you couldn't bring yourself to say something dignified, and neither could the president. It's really just, it's painful. And it's why, you know, I was... I took some shoes into the cobbler. Yes, there still are cobblers. I know that comes as a surprise to most people because we're the disposable generation, right? If your shoe, if your heel breaks, people throw it out and buy a new pair. Well, I don't do that. I try to buy decent quality um, shoes and when one of them needs a sole or, or a heel, I take it to the cobbler. The cobbler right on 441 and Atlantic Boulevard. He does a great job. Anyway, so I was there, and adjacent to the uh, shoe repair shop is a National Guard, an Army National Guard recruiting station. And, you know, all I kept thinking was these three young people were National Guard members who'd been called into active duty from the state of Georgia, and the uh, administration that is responsible for anything that happens to members of the military right now couldn't bring themselves to say anything of integrity and dignity about these three human beings, not to mention the 24 who were badly injured. They just, they have no love for them. Forget about respect. So, I don't need any more, I mean, I appreciate the fact that you all reached out to me because you were so upset and you had nowhere to go with your upset. But I received uh, 15, 20 emails by the time I came on the air of people who were just uh, freaked out. Couldn't understand why um, she was so disrespectful and why they didn't even mention their names. I mean, we know their names now. Their families have been notified. Anyway, uh, it's just yet another another dart in my dartboard of dislike. 
And really what it does, it solidifies the support for anyone but Joe Biden. And I've read all the same articles that you have. I know everybody lives, uh, they're quaking in fear that at the last minute they're going to yank Joe Biden and uh, they're going to put Michelle Obama in there. Um, and, and that scares you half to death. It doesn't make me feel good either. But I can tell you this. I don't know a lot about Michelle Obama. I didn't read her books. But one thing I do know is her life is pretty darn good right now. And it could not have been easy being in the White House, even just as the first lady, never mind as the president of the United States. And if you saw that up close firsthand, why would you jump back into that? It's not like she loves this country. She's told us that she doesn't. So why would she do that? She'd have to be out of her mind. She has a beautiful life. She has a decent, you know, um, she lives in beautiful homes. Her kids are grown. She has a good man uh, for whatever else. I don't agree with one thing he does politically, but he has, you know, he has been a good father and a good husband. So why would you do that if you're not really that fond of the country? She said she never even liked it until her husband got elected. So no, I, I don't think she's jumping into the race, which doesn't mean somebody else won't be inserted. It's possible. If they have any you know, desire for self-preservation, they know they, they really, it's not going to be pretty to run this guy who's really, it's just awful. He won't even talk to the press. What is that all about? I know Donald Trump talked too much, but this president doesn't talk at all. They didn't take any questions today, but he was on his way out to the helicopter, to Marine One. And so some reporters were out there shouting questions at him. Now, mind you, when he hears the question and he is standing in front of a podium and he's got a microphone in front of him and he's got aides who probably are speaking into a headset in his ear, I wouldn't be surprised, or who can whisk him off the stage if the question is one he can't answer. This was not that circumstance. He was walking and this is, this is custom made for Donald Trump, right? Donald Trump loved to be caught by the press on his walk on the lawn of the White House and he would stop and he would engage. Now, I don't believe he did that because he liked them. We know he didn't like them. He never had a kind word to say about them. But I believe he liked us enough to say, let me stop and let the American people know what's going on. We just lost three service members, and we have 24 or more injured service members, and we know who did it. We know that it was a group of, of terrorist rebels being financed by Iran. So you think for one second that Donald Trump wouldn't be in front of a microphone like constantly or on uh, Truth Social or Twitter or whatever. No, these were the moments where like them or hate them, you knew you could find them, but you can't find this one. The country needs to be comforted right now. The country needs to be reassured right now that this is not the beginning of World War III. The country needs to know that the commander in chief is okay and in charge 
and can handle the situation instead of watching this this disturbing image of a of a man who can't even stay coherent for very long and then surrounds himself with people who really they're just why why can't he get a better press secretary why can't he have better people around him i could ask the same question sometimes about any president but this is really just was so disturbing i mean this little ugh. anyway so i've got enough emails i agree with you all that's right you know she did a disservice to the men and women who serve and a big disservice to those who who gave it all who died in service of their country inexcusable then to find out here's where it gets even worse right now we have it confirmed yesterday i said it was just a reporting in the wall street journal and and one or two other publications but today we have confirmation even from our government, even from the administration, that it was our air defenses that failed to intercept an attack drone. And therefore, these three young, beautiful human beings died in their sleep. Well, at least they maybe didn't know what hit them. And 24 or more others will forever be changed. The dead were Sergeant William Jerome Rivers, Specialist Kennedy Layden Sanders, and Specialist Brianna Alexandria Moffitt. Say their names. I'll say them again on Friday. I'm going to say them because I have an administration that won't say them. They were members of the Army Reserve Unit, the 718th Engineer Company from Fort Moore in Georgia, and they were the first American troops killed by hostile fire since the war in Gaza, which, of course, triggered a rise in violence across the Middle East. Two officials said an initial assessment suggested that the weaponized drone drone rather, may have been mistaken for an American aircraft returning to Tower 22, which is the base in northeastern Jordan. It's right close to where the country's border converges with Syria and Iraq, that little triangle. Sabrina Singh, who's a Pentagon spokeswoman, told reporters that the attack occurred early Sunday and struck the living quarters, which is basically containerized housing, and they were all sleeping in their beds. More, oh no, now here's the figures. More than 40 troops were injured. Another official besides Singh, uh, who like some others spoke on the condition of anonymity, at least Singh had the guts as a spokesperson to use her name. Another official described the military's assessment of the incident, said the attack left 47 wounded. Tower 22 actually is a support site for the outpost that's right across the border in Syria, and it houses about 350 Americans. So I love that we're being told, don't worry. Uh, Joe Biden reassured us he is going to respond. Now, I don't expect him to tell me how, but maybe when? Like maybe it should have already happened, and I should be reading the reports of how many of their bad guys died. And instead, 
We're trying to figure out why they can't say the names of these three who have perished and why they can't tell us that they got the situation under control. This was the Islamic resistance in Iraq, which is basically an umbrella group for a bunch of Iranian-linked militias who are in that region. That's Kataib Hezbollah, Harakat Hezbollah al-Nunjaba. You know, if I can say those names, if I know who was responsible, why is the press secretary incapable of saying that? And why have they not publicly identified who they believe to be responsible? We know who it was, but you know, they're, they're playing games. These pro-Iran militias are attacking our troops in Iraq, in Jordan, in Syria. And yet, the, all they say is, oh, we're on a schedule, we got this all under control. I was in the Situation Room yesterday, should have been in the Situation Room since Sunday morning, and all day Sunday, and all day Monday, and by now we should be reporting on just how many Iranians are in their graves. Yeah, we're not going to telegraph any punches here from the podium, nor will I get in front of the president. I don't want to announce something before he announces it. Oh, kiss my patoot. The United States used to be respected, used to be admired. Now, we're a joke. Unless, of course, you've signed your life on the dotted line, and then the joke is not funny. It's very frustrating. I'm in a frustrated mood today. I know you can hear it in my voice. I'm going to try to be somewhat measured and reasonable, but the words I want to say will get me thrown off the air forever. So I'm just going to refrain. Mm -hmm. But don't forget to get our app because I've decided I may be unleashing some very colorful uh, language in the future. I'm not a real cursor, so it won't be that bad. But it's, it's time. It's time to, to vent my per proverbial spleen. Uh, so download the app, the 850WFTL app. That way you can hear all of the podcasts and know what's going on behind the scenes, all the contests. We've got gift cards to great restaurants. We have tickets to great events. And, of course, um, well, you could listen to podcasts and everything else right there on your phone or your laptop. And if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to download anything else, and I can relate to that as well, visit the website 850wftl.com at least once a week. Let me take a quick break. Stay right where you are. I'll be right back. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. And so they don't want to answer us, right? You know, a couple of uh, hotshot reporters have asked the question, you know, how did we miss this drone that attacked the base? Because the air defenses are always operating. It's not like they turned them off when they went to bed. It's not like nobody was watching. They were operating. And there shouldn't have been any confusion because if it's an incoming U.S. drone, they're equipped 
with something that's called um, friend or foe ID systems. And those are automated so that you know that this is not an enemy aircraft. Now, I, I knew that. I read that. I remember over something that happened a couple of years ago. But I called somebody immediately yesterday and said, wait, wait, wait a second. Do you mean that we don't have something that distinguishes an enemy aircraft from one of our own in the Middle East right now? Because that doesn't seem very sensible or logical. And I don't believe that we should continue if that's true. And they said, oh, no, no. They reminded me. I wrote it down. I'm looking right at it. Friend or foe ID systems. So now, you know, we have to figure out what went wrong, what happened that cost three people their lives. And what, and who knows, if 47, that's almost, it's mind-boggling to me. 47 is like four dozen American soldiers who are going to be impacted for the rest of their lives. We don't know the level to which they'll be impacted. I don't know if people uh, are gonna have just PT, well, shouldn't they just? I don't know if people are all going to be afflicted with PTSD because you may have a hard time ever going to sleep again if the last time you went to sleep, you woke up and the person next to you was dead and you were missing a limb, or worse. So, how does it feel to be in that position for these people, these service members, not these folks, but these service members, and not be able to explain how that happened and who did it? The American people, and particularly its service members and their families, deserve to know who is the group that was responsible for the attack without any question. We don't know, it might have been this group, it might have been that, no, no. We need to know who did it, and if they were backed by Iran, what are we gonna do about it? You don't have to tell me when. You don't have to tell me exactly. But by now, it should have been done. Does anybody really believe that if, I'm not even gonna say Donald Trump, I'm gonna say if anybody else was sitting in the White House, do you believe that we would now be on day three and so far no retaliation, not even confirmation that we know who did it? So I, I have so many questions and you've got to have those questions too, especially some of my listeners who served in the military. You know, do we not understand how a U.S. drone uh, flies? Don't they have like patterns that they fly in? Don't they come in and go out at you know pretty much the same time so that we can track these things? And if the group that did this, did they exploit some missing piece? If so, how did they know that piece was missing? Is it that obvious? Because then you can expect more of this and that's, that's just horrific. Where is the intelligence? I've been asking that since our departure from Afghanistan, where we apparently didn't have any uh, intelligence on the ground, and therefore 13 service members ended up in their graves. This was deliberate. This was precise. When you, when you 
send an exploding drone into a bunch of sleeping members of the United States military, it was not incidental, it was not accidental, it was deliberate and it was precise. So help me out here. Why has nothing happened? Why did I have to hear it first? In the Wall Street Journal. I remember when the Wall Street Journal was the newspaper that I went to to find out how my stock portfolio was doing. Now I got to go there to find out how the military is doing. We've had systems like the Patriot and the Counter, what is that called? The CRAM. I know what it stands for, but I don't know right now. But we've had these uh, systems that defend us against enemy attacks forever. And, and every year they get better, I would assume, right? I mean, get Elon Musk to fix it if it's broken. We got drone attacks happening all over the place. So if we can't detect them, if we can't, it, here's my point. If they were able to confuse our air defense systems, because I know we have them, what does that mean? It means places, outposts like Tower 22 are in big peril. And we need to find out how they found the way in and pulled it off. Um, you know, if you can mask the signature of a drone, which would be the only excuse I'll accept, then we're, we're in deep poops. And we need, to, we need to punish them. The area has seen a lot of drone activity for the past two years, but they're never pulled off a successful attack on this base or on Tower 22 before now. And that means they are now feeling pretty empowered, especially since nothing happened, right? If nothing's gonna happen, you know, what is he gonna do? Withdraw our forces? We, we who went to Iraq in 2014 to help them to battle the extremists from the Islamic State. What, what? What's the plan? And of course, Iran is, I don't, we weren't involved. We don't know anything about it. Oh, you, better not, uh, you better not start anything. Don't, don't make us feel like you might come over here or something. Wow, really? I should be scared of them. Well, apparently we should. This is a big escalation by the militants. And, and they've been doing this every day since October 17th. And we feel, we look unprepared, we look ill-equipped, we look like crap. I want to know where all the attacks, and there have been over 160, I think, I've heard everything from 165 to 167, attacks on U.S. troops since the uh, Israel-Gaza war started. And they've been all over the place in Syria, in Iraq, in Jordan. I want to know. I want to know every one of them. Even the contractor who died of a heart attack in Iraq in October. I want to know. I want a listing of every American that's been wounded or killed by these garbage monger moolahs from Iran. I don't care who pulled the trigger. I want to know who bought the bullet.
It's not the arrow. It's the Indian. And we need to remember that. A senior U.S. official speaking on the condition of anonymity. I've had it with anonymity. You know, you're a senior U.S. official. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Stop telling me how sensitive this issue is. If you think it's sensitive now, it's going to get more sensitive when we have an election and people vote for the other guy just because they're scared to death. Ugh. Died fighting for the administration. She had the audacity to say that these service members died fighting for the administration. No, they didn't. They weren't fighting for you. They were fighting for their country. Lord have mercy. We need, we need some, something to happen quickly. All right, let me take a break. You're listening to The Joyce Kaufman Show. I, you know, last week I had all these guests. The week before I had a bunch of guests. And this week, I just don't want to talk to anybody. I just want to talk to you. So stay right where you are. There's a lot more that needs to be said, and I'm going to say it. No, I'm not the only person thinking about this. My email is blowing up. And here's an interesting one. Did the Iranians know the U.S. drone times and were they able to attach a shadow, mean fly with ours but under the radar, and come in and hit? Do they know our schedules? That's a pretty... That's a pretty scary proposition, isn't it? But it's something that needs to be understood. We have to figure this out. And again, I cannot believe that they could not bring themselves to stand in front of the American people. Look, I I understand it's risky. Every time you put that man in front of a microphone, they're not sure what's going to happen. I get it. But you can't avoid the American people. And this is an election year. So if they can't keep him together enough to tell us what's going on in an instance like this, they can't run him. Like you and I know that. He can't do this from his basement. I don't care if they do come up with like disease X, Y, Z or whatever. Because that's a lot of people who are talking about that and saying, well, you know, they'll make us all go back in the house and then we're all going to have to, uh, you know, vote by mail and all the rest of it. And it's not that I put that past them, but I'm telling you, it won't work. I talk to people all the time, not just people who think like me, but people who think the opposite of how I think. And they're all quite clear. They're not going back in. They're not going to do that again. They're not going to ignore their own families. They're not going to be deprived of church and funerals and and sitting with loved ones and, and Thanksgiving and all the things that they took away from us. They're not going for that again. That's a, di- that's a given. So then we need to have two people running, whoever they are. You know, there's some people who are still sitting here going, well, you know, Donald Trump is the presumptive nominee. Well, he is. He is the nominee. There's no question about it. Nikki Haley has no path to victory. I get it. Except, we don't know, something could happen to Donald Trump. He's at an age where some things happen sometimes. He seems healthy, but we don't know. We also don't know just how wicked and evil the Republican Party can be. Well, let me take that back. We do know how. And I wouldn't put it past them 
to do something horrifying, you know, and, and pull the nomination out from the person who won it. And I'm convinced that the Democrats are not stupid enough to go with Joe Biden in this election, not after what I've seen in the last 24 hours. When you have even liberal publications like the uh, Sun Sentinel, I don't ever buy the Sun Sentinel. I don't have a birdcage to line anymore, so there's no purpose in buying it. But when I go to the jails on Tuesdays, there's always a stack. And I always pick one up because they, they say I can have one. And I always pick it up and I look through the newspaper and this newspaper is about as leftist as you can get. I mean, you don't even want to read the editorials in this newspaper because you'll go crazy. But, and they're so anti, you know, DeSantis, anti-Republican and all that other stuff. But the headline above the fold is, Era may have led to drone attack. And it's not a friendly article. It's not friendly. Then you go a little further down below the fold. And the State Department is urging travelers to the Bahamas to use extreme caution. Everybody knows my friend was down from the Bahamas two weeks ago, and she was telling me what's going on there. Well, what's going on there is what's going on here. There's a lot of, of, of crime, murders, carjackings, all this stuff happening all hours of the day. You know, the boldness of criminals these days, at least... When I was growing up, it's not like there wasn't crime, but criminals like came out after dark. That's why my mother always used to say, come in before it gets dark. And I'd say, why do I have to come in before it gets dark? There's street lights, everything. Because the only thing out there after dark are bad guys and police officers. And you really don't want to have a run in with either of them. The, the next headline under the fold, not even, this is over the fold, DeSantis implores lawmakers to back term limits and stresses the importance of balanced federal budget. He's beginning to assert himself as a person who people should listen to in national politics. I wish he had not screwed everything up by running, but he did, and let's see if he can you know, recover and redeem himself. And then the other headline is some a new tunnel or a bridge, blah, 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 that nobody really cares about, except the second part of that headline is just ask AI. Artificial intelligence can write your emails, drive your car, and answer your questions. What if it can also help solve the great train debate in Broward County? Maybe we should just have artificial intelligence pick the next uh, president. Don't you laugh at me, because these, these uh, clowns in Washington uh, may hear that and run with it. Wouldn't surprise me at all. So, uh, you know, it's time. It really is time for us all to get very serious. This is an election year, and we've got troops out in the Middle East, and we have some serious, serious uh, intelligence failures over and over again. And if we don't demand that they handle these things, then there is, you know, there's nothing but doom and gloom. I don't want to be reporting on doom and gloom all the time. I want to be able to say, oh, look at how this is better now. And look how we had a, a secure election. That's what I want to be saying on the air, at least once in a while. 
But so far, so far no good. The other thing that I've been watching very carefully is all of a sudden the House Sergeant at the Arms has been subpoenaed by the Department of Justice. And again, I believe in transparency. I believe that sunlight disinfects things. I believe that all this secrecy that we see in Washington is dangerous. We need to know what's going on. And that's why we're supposed to be informed. We're supposed to have a press that goes and asks questions, right? So the House of Representatives, their side of the U.S. Capitol building, has now reported that the Department of Justice has subpoenaed the sergeant at arms. Now, it's a grand jury subpoena for documents. And the, the compliance with the subpoena is mandatory. You know, the House Sergeant at Arms, this William McFarland, has already said, I spoke to the Office of General Counsel. I have to answer this subpoena. But I don't have to tell you why I'm being subpoenaed. How about that? His job as the Chief Law Enforcement Officer for the House of Representatives is to maintain order in the House side of the Capitol. He was appointed just last year by uh, then Speaker Kevin McCarthy and the speaker that we have now, Mike, Mike Johnson, kept him. Nobody is telling us what's going on. Mr. Johnson's office has not answered anybody's questions. The Department of Justice, well, they're not going to answer. They're going to say this is an active investigation or whatever. So, okay, more mystery surrounding government. And we're supposed to have faith in them? It's very difficult to ask us to believe in our government right now when our government gets caught hiding, lying, obfuscating every week. So I don't know how this story ends. I was watching an interesting piece on uh, YouTube of Bill Maher. Now look, Bill Maher is a dyed-in-the-wool liberal. I don't care how many times he says something conservative. He's a liberal. That's okay. He's entitled. He makes very reasoned uh, arguments. He really does. If I have to listen to a liberal at all, uh, occasionally I'll watch a videotape that somebody will send me of him speaking. And so he's talking to this Seth MacFarlane. And Seth MacFarlane is a, you know, he, he writes cartoon shows. I mean, that's what he does. He created uh, Family Guy and, 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 okay, you know, he's a talented guy. But he goes on Bill Maher's show. And when they start talking, he says to Seth MacFarlane that the problem for Democrats right now is that it's not enough to say that Donald Trump is bad, Donald Trump is, uh, you know, dangerous, all the things that they say. You have to be able to make a case for your side, whether that's Joe Biden or the Democrat Party or liberals, whatever it is. And he said, how do you make a case when your party is saying things like men can have babies, men should play in women's sports, He's asking McFarlane these questions, and he turns to uh, Stephen A. Smith, who's on the show at the at the same time, and he says, "You know, it, it, should 
do you believe that we should not separate sports by sex? And you know, th- there's articles being written about that. This article in the in the um, Atlantic last year said that you shouldn't separate the genders in sports because it's just socialization that you're messing with. No, it's biology. And so Bill Maher said, this is insane. And Stephen A. Smith, to his credit, said, you're right. Yeah, I agree. And that's why, Bill Maher said, that's why people vote for Trump. Because they, even if they think Trump's horrible, they know that if you let men play in women's sports, you're an idiot. And if you think it doesn't matter that a man is competing in a woman's game, then you shouldn't be leading the country, okay? And so uh, Seth MacFarlane says, well, that's like cutting your nose off to spite your face. He said, no, it's not. You asked me why do people vote for Donald Trump? And it's not because they all like him. It's because you guys on the left, and I guess he must have to include himself, are kookier than, than Donald Trump. It's, it's kooky to people to tell them that men can have babies. It just is. In a way, he breaks it down into such simple, simple terms. You know, Seth MacFarlane said, oh, really? Is that kookier than trashing the Capitol? And Bill Maher says, yeah, in a way it is. Because what would happen if we combined the NBA and the WNBA, he asked. And so Stephen A. Smith says LeBron James would go from 25 points per game to 70. Hmm. McFarlane then said he had a Zoom video call with President Biden after he donated to the Democratic Party. And he said, look, Biden's not the world's greatest public speaker, but he's certainly likable. What? (laughs) He's likable? Who cares? I don't care if he's like, you know, the kindest, most wonderful grandfather, which, by the way, nobody's uh, contending. You know, he takes showers with his own daughter. I, he's, he's weird at best, all right? But he says such crazy things, and he believes such BS. If you do that, people are not going to support you. And, and then Seth MacFarlane says, well, you should donate to the Democrat Party because then you can get on Zoom with Joe Biden. And, and I'm sure Bill Maher is thinking to himself, why the hell would I want to get on Zoom with Joe Biden? Not any more than I would. So don't worry. Uh, coming up after me is Eric Erickson, and then followed by Joe Pags and Lars Larson. And tomorrow morning at 6 a.m., you'll have Jen and Bill back with the South Florida Morning Show, followed by Brian Kilmeade, followed by Dan Bongino, and then I'll be back at 3. But I have one segment left today, and I ain't finished. So don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. television watching series stuff that so many of my friends do get caught up in. I read this article in The Blaze uh, this morning about this, uh, this show that disturbed Gavin McInnes, who wrote the article, so much that he felt compelled to like ha- say he thinks that we should have warnings against certain shows. Like, remember when uh, Tipper Gore said we should put warnings on music 
so that young people would not have access to this, uh, you know, at the time she was talking about rap. Now rap is like pretty tame compared to some other things, right? But Joe Rogan, who's not exactly a, a, a snowflake, said that he, after he finished watching this show, and the show is called 1883. I have no idea what it's about, nor am I planning to watch any of it. Um, but he said that after he finished watching the show, he couldn't go to sleep. That he walked around in a daze for hours. That's Joe Rogan. And uh, the guy who, Gavin McInnes, who wrote this article, said that he could not sleep. It's about pioneers and, you know, this is right up my husband's alley. You know, those who conquered the Wild West. But it's so realistic, they said, that it's just too much. They got traumatized, uh, particularly because of the suffering of uh, some, I don't know, some teenage girl or something. I, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. It's a big success. But he wants to have, like, the, the resource to to say do not allow your children or especially teenagers to watch this show. So, you know, I, I, I don't know that I would conform to that. I can hear every word you're saying. I don't know that I would conform to that, but it's pretty interesting that there's a show that's that, that disturbing out there and that it's a big hit. So uh, just be wary of this 1883 because the thing I'm hearing is that it's not, not good. So I thank you for your time this time until next time. My plan is to be back here tomorrow at 3 o'clock if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, just be yourself. Everybody else is taken. And then as I always say, uh, it is my hope that God blesses you, God blesses the families of the lost members of the military, and God bless the United States of America. See you tomorrow at 3. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.